This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. And now, the new home of the Chicago Bears. We are live from the State Street Old National Bank Studio, WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. Welcome to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Bears Monday. The Chargers beat the Chicago Bears last night, thirty to thirteen. The Bears now fall to two and six on the season. It's Black and Abdallah. You can join us tonight for the next hour. We will take you to World Series Game Three. Coverage of that takes place at seven. Rangers and Diamondbacks. You got an hour to talk football with Black and Abdallah here on a Monday night. You can join us at three one two three three two three seven seven six. Here's my thought after watching last night's game. Abdallah, Matt Eberflus, coach teams are not prepared. I feel like we've seen this over and over again. I do think that we get a couple of nice wins here and there. Uh, not enough, though, in year two with Matt Eberflus. We were talking yesterday before the game on the uh, Black Abdallah pre-pre-show, getting you ready for Bears football. And we were just saying, like, look at the, the two coaches. They're both on the hot seat. Brandon Staley, in three seasons, he has 19 losses. At this point yesterday, he had 21 wins. Now is 22 in his career. Matt Eberflus had five wins and 19 losses in two seasons. And at some point, you just have to call it what it is. And, and you could probably make an argument that at points in the last two years, the Bears maybe were not uh, with winning on the forefront of the, the mind as far as the, the roster construction for Ryan Poles. But teams with co- head coaches who are new show a little fight. And the thing that we continue to see with Matt Eberflus coach teams is they're not prepared. They self-sabotage themselves with the, the, the penalties, the blown play calls, the, the lack of execution, once again, in a big spot. We saw it again last night against the Chargers. Yeah, and I think people will say, oh, I don't care about gambling, I don't care about gambling. And that's fine. You don't have to care about gambling. The point is that there are times when Vegas believes that you are nowhere near as good as your opponent. And yesterday was one of those times. They were a nine-and-a-half-point underdog on the road against the Chargers, and they were blown out. They're a seven-point underdog this weekend on the road against the Saints, and the trends would suggest that they are going to get blown out. It is rare, and, you know, Connor McKnight on, on uh, Thursday went through the quarterbacks with Carmen. It is rare that a Matt Eberflus team will show up and cover that spread. Now, they were a three-point dog at home uh, last week. And they covered, right? They won. Okay, cool. Awesome. Great. Uh, And then before that, against the Commanders, they were a dog. You won. Cool. Awesome. Congrats. Those are against bad quarterbacks. It's against Brian Hoyer and Sam Howell. Like, when there's a capable quarterback, and Derek Carr is a capable quarterback coming up this weekend, and Justin Herbert's a top 10 quarterback that you just faced yesterday, they're going to pick you apart. And that's exactly what they did. Like, it wasn't anything... You know, crazy. Like, it's not like he was beating him with the deep ball. It was just good blocking, good runs, a quality game plan. Herbert saw Fluce's defense and said, okay, I'll take this. I'll take that. Oh, you guys can't tackle. I'll take this. Mm -hmm. Here we go. And we'll just easily go down the field. No issue. No resistance. No negative plays. That's what we saw yesterday. And and it was, you know, the the Bears caused almost no pressure on Herbert until late. TJ Edwards got a... Got a hit on Herbert late, but 
outside of that, it was very little to, to make the quarterback um, uncomfortable in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And then offensively, you go deep on that first play, and then it's like every uh, everything else that takes place on the offensive side for the Bears was one step forward, three steps backwards. And bad penalties, bad play calling, and just once again, they were not ready to go. So as Abdallah said, against the spread in the last two years for Matt Eberflus, last year he was 5-11-1. This year he's 2-5-1. That's a grand total of 7-16-2 against the spread. Ten times the Bears have played in a game in the last two years of a spread of seven or more. The Bears are three and seven against the spread in those spots. So you say, okay, maybe that's just gambling. But guys, what about are the Bears winning some of these games? They're not. Uh, they're in those ten <laughs> games where the spread is of seven or more points. Matt Eberflus straight up is one and nine mm-hmm. in those games, and also many of those games are just straight up laugh factory blowouts. And and here's what I think is very obvious of what what I'm getting to here. I went through those games that they lost the the three of seven against the spread, those seven games against the spread that they didn't cover. Six of them, they lost by more than two scores. Mm-hmm. So it's not even that they're close in these games. The problem here is that they're getting blown out from the jump in these games. And if we go back to last year against Green Bay, in Green Bay, the Bears were a underdog of 10 points. In the first half, they were losing that game 24-7 to by 17 points. Against Dallas, they were losing in that game last year. They were an underdog of 10 points. At halftime, they were down by 11 points. If we go to a Minnesota game last season uh, in January at home, they were an underdog of 7 points. At halftime, they were losing by 10. This season against Kansas City, underdog of 13 points. At halftime, losing by 34. And then last night, an underdog of 9 points. In the first half, the Bears are losing by 17, 24 to 7. Eberflus isn't even allowing himself to have a chance in these games where the expectation is set that the other team is obviously better mm-hmm. and that they're going to blow you out. He's not even competing in those matchups. And that goes back to that coach. It goes back to the players as well. But this is a trend. They're not even competitive in these games. No, and I think it has a lot to do, like, the struggles on offense. I'm not saying I can understand them, but they are a little bit more excusable than the struggles on defense because you are a defensive-minded head coach. I look at the Jets, and I understand the Jets have a lot more playmakers than the Bears do on their defense, but the Jets are 4-3 and three with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. Like, they're not moving the ball. They won a game 13-10 to 10 yesterday against the Giants. Now, that was an, an offensive catastrophe, but... Their defense keeps them in games. Like, they beat the Eagles two weeks ago. They beat Denver three weeks ago. You know, a close loss against Kansas City, 23-20. to A close loss against New England, 15-10. to They got blown out by Dallas. I understand that. They beat Buffalo at the beginning of the season. Like, the reason they're doing that, defense. And that is something that this team is supposed to hang their hat on because of who you brought in as your head coach. A defensive-minded head coach, the only one that was brought in, not promoted, someone promoted, the Saints promoted their their defensive coordinator and made him their head coach. The Bears were the only team that brought in a defensive coordinator to become the head coach of the team. 
And you would think that by now, two years in, that you would have a better defense that could keep you in games. Keep you in games. And they haven't been able to do that and against that, good teams. That's what's frustrating to me. And, and I don't have the, oh, oh, shucks thought process with this team. Like, last night was annoying. That upset me last night that they didn't compete again. And that's where, Abdallah, like if we saw in the stat where they're an underdog of seven or more points in 10 of these games and say against the spread, they're five and two and straight up they're they're losing all these games, but they're close. I would have a different opinion on this matter. But like most of these games in these scenarios, we get to halftime and the game's over. Halftime last night, the game was over. Before halftime against Kansas City, the game was over. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Packers game, it was essentially over at halftime. Like there, there are multiple games where they're not even competitive, and then you roll out in the second half, and it's like they're making decisions as the game goes because it doesn't even matter. You mentioned to me earlier today, isn't it a little strange that Iberflus didn't call a timeout last night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, that's strange. An NFL game, and you didn't call one timeout? Not a single timeout. For anything? Nothing. Not all, all the offensive issues that you're having with penalties and all this stuff going on, and you're not trying to score at the end of a half or at the end of the game or whatever the case may be? Nothing? Just You're just holding on to timeouts? Well, and also... You're going to redeem them at your local grocer? No, they what, carry... What do, you, what do you get? No, they carry over. It's paid time off. Is it? Is they that what they're over. for? Like, yeah, they carry over. It's crazy. Um, what's... what's Worst to me is, yes, the Chargers won the toss at the beginning of the game, and they chose to defer, and your only touchdown of the game, or your the last one's garbage time touchdown, whatever. In the first half, your only touchdown, 14 plays, 7 minutes. Awesome. Great. Your defense gets a rest. Your offense is moving. You eat a bunch of clock. It's 17-7. to 7. You're like, okay, maybe this is a game. And in my mind, I go, this is about to be 31-7 to 7 real quick. And guess what? Yep. The Chargers marched down the field like it was nothing. Took a minute 43 off the clock. Nine plays, 75 yards, 24-7. to 7. You go into halftime. You come back out. Luckily, your defense holds them to a field goal. They still scored. They still got the double dip. They still scored twice because they got the ball at the end of the half and then at the beginning of the half, which is, that's basic football. But your defense couldn't stop them. Your defense sat on the sideline for seven minutes Watch the offense go down and score, and then just let Justin Herbert and the Chargers do whatever they wanted to for a minute and a half. It's all it took them to march down the field and score a touchdown. You took a knee to go into halftime. Not didn't even attempt to hail mary. Just said, "Nope, take a knee." No thanks. Go back in. We good. That'll be it. This is a nice trip to Los Angeles. And uh, then they come out. You uh, they kick a field goal, and then it's twenty-seven to seven. And then you go punt, downs, downs, interception. Garbage time touchdown, end of game. AJ and Grays Lake, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, AJ? Hey, what's up, guys? Hope you're having a good night. Um, you guys touched on it a little bit. Um, the five quarterbacks that Matt Eberflus has beaten, can you name all five of them? You touched on two of them today from this year. Can you name the other three? Uh, Trey Lance is one of them. There's a combination mm-hmm. of Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi was one of them. Yep. Hoyer. Hoyer we mentioned, uh, Sam Howell we mentioned, and then there was one more last year. It was um, one more. It was Trey Lance. I said Trey Lance. Oh. There's one more. Oh, Davis Mills. Quarterback. Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Yeah. yeah. So 
Iberflus-led Bears have beaten a combination of Bailey Zappi, Davis Mills, Brian Hoyer. Uh, yeah, it's not a good list, in case you didn't know they were bad. Um, <laughs> well, that's why I'm saying this weekend against the oh, Saints, yeah. it's just like normally I would say, like, I'm done. I'm done saying, oh, well, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll do something. You know, if you look inside the numbers, the Bears might, no. You've, you, the trend is not your friend in this situation. <laughs> no. And uh, Derek Carr is a very capable quarterback. I imagine Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill will feast uh, whenever they're given the ball. And uh, I think we're looking at another route here for the Bears, especially because if you think that uh, Bajan struggled against this defense, this is the Saints are a, a level up for sure. Thank you, AJ. Yeah, have a good one. There he is, AJ and Gray's Lake. The phone lines are open for you. It's a Bears Monday. It's Blocking Up Doll on 312-332-3776. I'd like to give credit where credit is due, and I saw that list of the quarterbacks originally on Cap's Twitter handle. Cap had that tweet about the quarterbacks the Bears mm-hmm. have beaten. They, it was all Cap that came up with that one, I think. But Connor made a video. Connor? Connor. McKnight. Connor McKnight? Yeah. He, when? he made a list? No, he didn't. He made a list? When? Thursday. This is Chicago's home for sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Talking Bears football with you at 312-332-3776. Let me ask you this question. Did you see enough from Tyson Bajan to want to see more last night? In what sense? Like to see oh. if he's a viable like starting quarterback in the league? Yeah, like like not, not to say that he is uh, better than Justin Fields, but I don't think he played so poorly that I don't want to see more. I want to see if he can develop a little. I think that um, I thought he was okay last night. He wasn't horrible. Yeah, he was yeah. okay. I, I just he think, had a couple nice throws, a oh, couple nice plays. That's fair. I, I think that we c- kind of know what he is now, though, um, from the game plan, right? Do we? Well, okay. They went deep. He passed over the middle. Are you, you're saying the game plan was the reason they didn't succeed offensively is, is because of him. Chart. Look at his passing chart. But he went down the field a little. A little. You're, dude. You were down. But, but the, the offense was derailed by the offensive line, bad penalties, and these stupid sweep handoff plays. That has nothing to do with the quarterback. I understand that. But the first throw, it looked like he was a kid playing 500. It looked like he took all of his might to take that ball and just go, ah, as hard as he could. You almost broke that. No, it's, it's, a, it's foam. It can't break anything. To Mooney. You like, threw, threw that foam up into the sky. He... he he threw that as hard as he could, and it went like forty yards. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, he has the greatest arm in football history. He wasn't terrible to say. Ah, he can't play ever. It looked like there's a quote going around from Khalil Mack and saying after the game that basically said they, he was glad that Fields wasn't out there because he could see the clock in uh, Bajan's head. Like he could see him thinking instead of playing. Right. Like, he could see him reacting and, like, going through everything as opposed to just 
being smooth and, and, and playing free and that kind of stuff. Okay, how many times this year have you seen Justin Fields do that? I don't. I th- I think I'm out on both of them. Yeah, I mean, like that, that might, I, see, like I disagree Bajan, with that. Bajan I, might be a great backup in this league for the Bears for, for his entire career. That's fine. I just don't think he's got enough work in to be a starting quarterback. Like, this isn't, we're going to move forward with Bajan as the starter next year. Like, this is, okay, try to get the number one, number two pick with the, Pan- with the Panthers and draft your quarterback. Because I'm not, I'm not suggesting after it. last night's game he needs to be the starter next year. I don't think he was bad enough to not want to see more. I want to see more from him. He's going to start this week. That's the news that Matt Everflus gave mm-hmm. to the media today is that Tyson Bajan is going to start against the Saints. Justin Fields will not be ready for this week, but Justin Fields with the thumb will be week to week. So maybe next week for the Thursday night game against the Panthers, we'll see. But I don't know. I thought Tyson Bajan was okay. I would like to see more. Mm-hmm. I a- don't think that he was terrible. If he was terrible, I'd say, all right, he is at best a backup. That's all he could do. You need a special game plan for him. I thought he was okay last night. There I've, were times he was dropping back in the pocket, making decisions, and he was he was firing the football over the middle of the field to the tight ends. I kind of liked that. That wasn't bad. All right, let I'd me like re- to see more. Let me rephrase. I've seen enough of of this. I've seen enough of this. Well, go be a fan of something else. This no, is no, what no, we no, have. No. I understand that. But this at, is all we ever get. But, but the shots of you know. Uh, uh, of Ryan Poles during the game. Like, I feel like we're getting a house cleaning at the end of the season. And if Bajan's still around, then sure, have him be, you know, the capable backup next year. I don't think you're going to get like a, like if they draft, draft Drake May or Caleb Williams or whoever it is, like you're not getting a quarterback competition between Bajan and whoever they draft first, second, third overall, whatever it is. Like, I think I've seen what I've seen so far is that I don't know if this team can execute an offensive game plan against real football teams. All I'm saying is he showed me enough that I'm intrigued. I would like to see a little more. That's it. I don't, I'm not going to make some grandiose statement that he's going to be a starter in the league, that he's going to be a star. I just thought that it went well enough from his standpoint that I'd like to see more from him. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. That's all it is right now. And when Justin's healthy, Justin Fields should be the starter. I, I think you're giving him the benefit of the doubt because of who he is. Like, if Fields would have played and had that stat line and that game, we'd be trashing him. I don't think so. I would have, I've had the opinion that Two when he's played okay. Yeah, but one of those fumble. interceptions wasn't on him. Okay. Because Darnell Mooney can't hold on to the ball. That's not Justin Fields' problem. I understand that. But the Bajan put the ball on him. And I understand that. Mooney's the one that dropped it. That's not on him. I understand that. Mike in Naperville, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. How are you? What's up? Hey, I just wanted to say, I think the main reason we lost that game was due to Eberflus's game plan on defense. I mean, it's so frustrating. We did the whole first half sending four guys. And we have not been able to put pressure on with four guys. And then he backs them up <clears throat> by having guys be eight yards off the receivers and giving them a running start. I was calling who was going to get the ball. I almost felt like Larry Bird for a bit. Like, hey, I'm going to dribble here, shoot it off the backboard. If I could see it, anyone could see it. And he takes no accountability <clears throat> pardon me, in his uh, press conference for his horrible game plan in the first half. And we lost that game in the first half. It's frustrating as a Bears fan 
to see how many bad quarterbacks we've had over the year and then have a kid out there who's trying to, to help this team win. And we're not only dealing with bad quarterbacks in the past, and I'm not saying Bajan is bad. I like this kid. Let's see what he can do. But we have had horrible coaches. We need a coach who's offensive-minded. And in this day and age, you really need an offensive-minded coach and somebody who's got somewhat of a proven track record. I'm with you, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. Sure thing. There is. There's Mike as he zips up. Uh, Ron in Wilmington, you're on ESPN 1000. You heard the zip, right? I heard the zip. I don't know if it was up or down. Oh, though. Okay, right. It, it sounded like an up zip. It sounded I don't up know. too, or maybe he got he was getting home. I heard a door <laughs> shut, so maybe he was walking in the door. Oh, it could be and he was unzipping the, the jacket. It could be yeah, the door it's cold to the outside, bathroom. Man. Who knows what yeah. it is? Ron in Wilmington, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ron? All right. All right, gentlemen, you might hear my radar detector, but anyway, so my point is, think about Kurt Warner playing in those games in an arena football like. Having a release, you know, the speed was so important about releasing the ball. So now you have a kid playing Division Two football, probably the fastest guy in that field, might have ran a 4-4 or 4-5. So he is adjusting to the speed in the NFL, and he's been successful. So imagine the more snaps he gets, he's starting to understand the speed and release and all that. I just... I, I, I really think this kid is going to be a great player for us. All right, we got you down, Ron. There you go. There's Ron Wilmington. He thinks Pajan could still be a great player. We go to Bill on the south side. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Bill? Hey, gentlemen. Thanks so much. I agree with Ron. I mean, Pajan is 500. He's won one game. He's lost one game as a starter. The Bears will never be anything offensively with Getsy. You guys laid out all the statistics necessary to tell me, which I knew last year I called in and said, get rid of Getsy. I'm not getting off that horse. He is not an offensive coordinator. There, In other words, just look at why would you keep him? Why was he hired? Number, uh, For example, uh, Eberflus, he probably will get another uh, – job as a defensive coordinator if he gets fired from the Bears. I feel a little sorry for him only because he should add more pressure uh, on the defense, not that he is the defensive coordinator, but even that he hasn't been a defensive coordinator that long. He was the head coach, and you had another defensive coordinator. So I would like to see what he's going to do now that he's the defensive coordinator what the Bears are going to look like. He needs to have some kind of blitz packages that currently we just don't see. Uh, Getsy, it's just no way he's going to get, I can see, getting an, an, uh, an offensive coordinator job somewhere else. I mean, uh, maybe he'll get a job, I'm sure, but why is he the offensive coordinator? Why was he hired? Uh, 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 and, for example, Last night, fourth and two, a pass play, fourth and three, a pass play, and you think that's going to work? Now, you got a running game, but he, and even though you get stopped, you still don't get away from when you're on a fourth down. Usually, you're going to run the ball. So, again, uh, Getsy is, to me, is the problem. Uh, and uh, in addition to all of that, the Bears were in the game uh, against Denver. They should have won that game. 
But Getsy's play calling lost that, in my opinion, in, in terms of how the offense performed. And even in the Tampa Bay game, uh, they could at least tie the game or won that game. And he calls a, a screenplay in the middle of the pack on their five-yard line, meaning the Bears' five-yard line. So until you get an offensive coordinator that really is truly has a background and a winning record, I would keep Bajan, I would keep Fields, give Fields, Fields an extension, and get you an offensive coordinator. And if they either one of those quarterbacks do not perform with a good offensive coordinator, then it's the quarterback. Until such time, it's the offensive coordinator. And guess he's got to go. Thank you, Bill. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black, 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 Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Here on ESPN 1000, we have a great uh, production staff tonight, Charlie Bevins, Jake Cantu. Uh, Charlie brought something to the table moments ago that I, I think it, it's surprising. It took till 635 at night for him to realize this mm. situation. Charlie, is everything okay over there? You all right? Yeah, everything's great. Things are perfect. <laughs> yeah. What, what did you say in the producer booth during the commercial break? Uh, I put on my underwear inside out today for sure, and I only recently realized it. He, he checked while you were talking. He no, I just like I was just like something's been off all day, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That's probably what it is. <laughs> I love it, Charlie. You're the best. You're At the least greatest. you didn't put them over your pants. Yeah, that's true. Right. That could have been bad. As long as they're on, were yeah. they? Yeah, they're on. Were they clean? Yes. All right, then that's fine. All right, well, well now you can wear them right side. Uh, yeah. Wear them right side out tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> why? That side's clean. Not a bad idea. That well, side's clean. Yeah, but the it's other side is not. And now you're, you're, uh, the other side's now touching the pants. Oh, that's fair. The, the dirty parts. <laughs> you saying Charlie's dirty? No, I'm just saying. If My you pants wear, are clean, bro. Yeah, the pants are. We're talking about the, the underwear. Black M. Dollar here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago. <laughs> I, I, heard, I heard Charlie said that. I was like, that's hilarious. Huh. Right. Charlie, you're the best. Jake? <laughs> You're great, too. I have my underwear on right. Good, just, good, good. Underwear. You want your lucky good. underwear tonight good. for the Rangers? No, I don't. Oh, no. They're in the washer. He, he sounds very no, concerned. I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. He sounds very concerned. No, yeah. I don't. Well, being from uh, Texas, congratulations and good luck to your Rangers tonight. Yeah. Thank you. I'll be the only one watching because nobody cares. So, Well, we'll have the game coming up right here on ESPN 1000. First pitch at 7 on ESPN 1000. Every pitch... Of the World Series. Thank you, Jake. Right here on ESPN 1000. <laughs> Never said I wasn't listening. <laughs> Muhammad in, in Windale. You're on ESPN Windale. 1000. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, what's up man? Uh, so I want to know if you guys heard uh, Chris Collinsworth during the broadcast last night uh, talking about how Justin Fields or, or how the coaches should actually be telling Justin to take notes from uh, Tyson uh, Bajan. Yeah. And also there were some, ru- not rumors, but uh, there were some tweets by some uh, reporters in the morning today about how this could be 
the Bears um, and their uh, backstabbing whispering going on to the NBC crew. So I just want to get you guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I heard the, the comments. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for the call. I, I'd say this. Uh, Collinsworth, um, here, here's my thought. I don't really have strong opinions on many broadcasts unless you're bad mm-hmm. and you annoy me during games and then I can't stand you. Mm-hmm. I think Collinsworth falls into that category. Mm-hmm. He's in the same category with like the Tony Romos. You know, like it's just, it's not, it's not good. Yes. I don't care for it. So, okay. Yeah, he said that. Ah, he's, he's wacky. He just says things okay. that are coming out of his mouth in the moment, and everyone's a great player. Everyone's the best in the league. Everyone, oh, this all-timer, all this stuff. I'm not, I'm not up for it. I'm not into his son being on the early broadcast. He's terrible on that. He's also terrible on college football. Jack Collinsworth, yeah. boy, that's brutal. The duo, they're bad. I, I, are they whispers from the Bears, or is it a broadcaster who's just speaking beyond what is actually happening? Or... I'm not saying I agree with Chris Collinsworth, but we've talked, we talked about it last week that Fields seeing this, that when they get into the quarterback room and they're going over tape, that they might look to Fields and say, hey, look, get the ball out faster like Bajan is doing and you'll take less sacks. And, you know, the offense can maybe move a little faster. I, I disagree with him saying there's things he can learn and th- they're going to teach him to watch Bajan's tape and that's how you're supposed to play. But I think there are benefits to Fields watching the offense when Bajan is running it because he does get the ball out faster and his footwork is faster and everything. We talked about the video, the side-by-side video of, you know, th- the offense looks slower and less methodical when Fields is out there versus when Bajan's out there. And there's nothing wrong with him seeing that and saying, look, you got to move a little faster like Bajan does and get this ball out a little bit quicker. And if you don't see something, look how he throws the ball away faster and lives to fight another day as opposed to taking a sack. That's something that Fields can learn from, for sure. But I don't think that Bajan's going to be the one teaching Fields about playing the quarterback position in these meetings. I think it's easy on social media to point out that stuff, too, because the NBC broadcast last night was just fawning over Tyson Bajan. So, like, it made it seem as if it was one-sided to be over-the-top pro-Bajan and negative towards Fields. I think if you didn't have all the side pieces about Bajan and his like story, yeah, then maybe the Collinsworth comment doesn't really get the publicity that it did. Mm-hmm. But because of the entire broadcast, like Tariko and Collinsworth, it's all they talked about with oh, the Bears. They wanted they it, wanted it the Bears to be in that game so badly, so just they, so they could talk more about so Bajan. they could fawn over Bajan. But I don't. I heard a lot of people, and I saw a lot of people on Twitter you know, really upset about that comment that Collinsworth made. I don't think it's entirely wrong. No, I think he, he Fields needs to be quicker in the pocket. Yeah. And he's Bajan, got to make better decisions and, and throw the football. And Bajan is quicker in the pocket. So when they're watching tape, he can maybe see that and be like, okay, I can throw the ball faster. I can get out of my hands faster. And if not, I'll throw the ball away and not take sacks. Like he can learn from sitting on the sideline and watching. Armando on the south side, you're on ESPN 1000. Yes, um, I was I was um, gonna say the same thing about Luke Jesse. Um, I don't know where he came from, but he needs to go back. Green Bay. Um, I, I don't I don't know if I'm wrong or not, but I believe he came from Green Bay. Yes, um, correct. I believe that uh, Bajan, Yes, he does play better in his in his um, offensive scheme than than Fields. 
but Luke Getzey definitely has to go, and the Bears definitely need help on the offensive line because they can't block anyone. That was horrible yesterday. Thank you for taking the call, though. Thank you, Armando. Thanks for the phone call. It's Bucking Abdal here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. I think it's all bad. Like, I think the game plan was bad. I think that the 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 line has played poorly last that as well as they played two weeks ago. They did not play well yesterday uh, as far as running the ball, but we went into the game saying that the Chargers were 10th against the run in the NFL. Like, it was going to be on Bajan's shoulders to kind of move the ball down the field, and he struggled to. Like, Collinsworth did make a good point. Sometimes you got to throw the ball to run the ball. Like, if they know you're not going to throw the ball, they're going to stop the run all the time. Like, you needed to move the ball down the field a little bit throwing the ball in order to set up the run because the Chargers were like, oh, you're just going to run the ball? Well, we're going to stop that. Getsy felt stubborn yesterday, and he kept running the football on first and second down, thus putting the Bears yeah. into long third-down situations that it's not beneficial for the quarterback who who's in a second start to kind of figure that out. And on top of it, when they had positive gains, then there was a holding penalty. There's a false start. There's all this stuff that kind of took place on the offensive side that kind of derailed a lot of it that was the problem Mm -hmm. it was like you're right throw the football allow the runs to happen out of draws or in shorter yardage situations but instead first second down okay well now it's third and eight well what are you gonna do okay now we're punting again like you can't get any rhythm any flow that's why that one series in the first half 14 plays they had rhythm yeah, they, like, they were moving the football well, here's on that the thing. Series. Like, if you mix up the run in the pass, then you can run some RPOs maybe and catch the defense off guard. Like, you can make it work in your favor. The problem is they got, like you said, they were stubborn. They got into this rhythm of run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass, and it put them behind the sticks a lot because the Chargers keyed in on that, and you, could, you couldn't run the ball yesterday. Matt Eberflus earlier today met the media. He was asked if he's concerned that his hits principle isn't, taking uh taking shape here in chicago yeah i would disagree with that i would say that uh it is there every week yeah, the effort you know and the and the intensity is there i would say that we have to do a better job of uh playing complimentary football together and also you know just being on the details of you know the angles the tackling and uh and again we just got to keep improving and uh i i know the efforts there and i know the intensity is there you can see that and uh, we certainly fought in that game yesterday oh, no. all the way to the end. Ooh. And uh, we didn't get the fourth down tries that we wanted to to get ourselves back in that game. Uh, defensively, we didn't uh, do a good enough job getting those third down stops early in the third quarter. Um, they end up you know, chewing off about seven minutes of the clock because they got a couple of uh, third downs. And to me, that's about the detail and just us executing better. <sighs> Did you hear that? Oh, I heard it. Yeah. We certainly fought in that game yesterday all Did the way they? to the end. Mm-hmm. Did they fight? Yeah, I mean, until the, we certainly yeah. fought in that game yesterday, all the way to the end. Yeah, hmm. till, the, till the end. Hmm. You know, I mean, we certainly fought in that game yesterday, all the way to the end. This, a lot of talk of fight from the last two head coaches. This is starting to sound like someone we we certainly fought we, in that game yesterday, knew. all the hmm. way to the end from last year. It's time to fight. Oh, and the year before. It's time to fight. And uh, it's about know, the fight earlier this season. And the fight oh, kept no. fighting. Um, you know, have fight, fight. Uh. This is my fight. They're going to need some fight. Um, you know, have fight. Sure. They're going to need those uh, 
talks about what do you, the fight. What do, you ta- yeah. what do you call those things? And the fight. Footballs? Yeah. You're going to need some footballs to fight. You need some big footballs. Some intangibles. Fight. And one of those intangibles fight. is going to be fight. Fight. I thought we were done with this with Matt Nagy. Nope. I thought we did the whole... I think this coach fight. might want to fight more than Matt Nagy did. the game yesterday all the way to the end. They fought till the end. They lost the game 30-13. to 13. It's about the fight and the fight. Just um, wait till they play their fight. next home game against the Panthers and he's yeah, asking fight. for some uh, oh. second and third down noise. No. Fight. Fight. Going to bring the Bear Raid siren back. Please now. Because we need to fight. Fight. We certainly fought in that game yesterday all the way to the end. Fight. Fight. Get out of here, Nagy. Listen, they're not practicing on Wednesday because of uh, some weird body clock thing that Iberflus is talking about. What's happening? Uh, they're not practicing Wednesday. They're just going to do a walkthrough or whatever. They better be walking through to this song. Fight. Um, you know, have fight. It's about the fight and the fight. Fight. Oh, no. Fight. 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 Got to fight, man. Fight. You got to go on the road. Hostile environment. Oh, it's... One of the most hostile environments. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. In New Orleans. Fight. I feel like we need we to come up with words. fought in that game yesterday all the way to the end. Agent to have fight. fight. He's only got tattoos on one arm. Yeah. It's about the fight. Big story. And the fight. Yeah. I think it's weird that it's not his throwing um, arm, too. Fight. Kept fighting. It's fight. his non-throwing hand that's all inked fight. up. Oh, I know. And the fight. Like, don't pitchers fight. usually ink up their throwing the arm? Fight. Um, you know, have fight. We certainly fought in that game I think yesterday, they do. all the way to the end. Fight, 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 fight. Why do you think uh, Matt Eberflus tells fight. us to go watch another football game? Fight. Oh, please! Thanks, no. Twitch, for reminding me of that. We certainly fought in that game yesterday, all the way to the end. Fight. It's about the fight. It's about the fight, guys. All right. It's about the, the yeah, we get it. Yeah. Fight. We get it. Yeah. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. Fight. Yeah. Fight. As a Bears fan, time is a flat circle. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. For another eight minutes, and then we will take you to Game 3, Rangers, Diamondbacks, World Series action. You can listen to every pitch of the World Series right here on ESPN 1000. Thank you to Charlie Bevins, and thank you to Jake Cantu for producing tonight's show of Black and Abdallah. We'll return tomorrow night, Black and Abdallah at 6, right here on ESPN 1000. Also with Carmen and Yurko at noon, right here on ESPN 1000. Time for the song of the night. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, Liv. Tonight's song, an all-timer, Abdallah. We go to Oasis, Wonderwall, from 1995. It's your Song of the Night with Black and Abdallah. Today is gonna be
gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you By now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Backbeat, the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out I'm sure you've heard it all before but you never really had a doubt I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now Oasis released this single on October the 30th, 1995. 28 years ago today, this was released as a single. Wow. And I think it goes down as, if you look back at the 90s, it's got to be one of the top songs from the entire decade. Oh, easily. It's this. It smells like Teen Spirit from Nirvana. Mm -hmm. And what else? Like, those are the top two songs from the decade, Uh, right? I would say uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's in the combo. Right? Uh, there's probably a Pearl Jam song that you could, one of them that you could throw in there. Maybe Jeremy. Is there Jeremy? anything from like someone like Janet Jackson or Madonna? Oh, I'm, th- or... I'm thinking of just like alternative. I'm giving you like every alternative. Every, yeah, I mean, this was certainly, I mean, it hit number eight on the Billboard charts when it came out. Uh, they debated between this and Don't Look Back in Anger because if you know, like, Nolan wrote all the songs, but Liam sang all the songs. And Liam actually sang Don't Look Back in Anger, so he wanted Don't Look Back in Anger. Nolan wanted this song because he wrote it um, and doesn't sing it. But you so, get along well. No, they don't. And I don't, <laughs> listen, there's, there's a very viral clip of uh, Matt Healy from the 1975, one of the many viral clips. I don't agree with him on anything at all, ever, except for the fact that why the hell can't the brothers from Oasis just... Get, get along. Because it's right now, I would say it's easily one of like, if they got back together and toured, it would be huge. Humongous feel. Like, it, it'd be massive. It'd be, it wouldn't be like this BS Creed tour that like everybody's kind of tongue in cheek about loving. Like this would be a legit tour that everyone would love to see because of how influential Oasis was. They're one of the best bands, I think. from They're one of my favorite bands from the 90s. I love Oasis. 28 years ago today, this was released as a single. It's Oasis Wonderwall on the Song of the Night. There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- uh, never mind. Crank the volume, because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, Larry. 
Texas Rangers at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Game three of the World Series up next. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago.